I know there was no episode last week. I was just, I, you know, when you just need mental, like a mental health week where you're like, I am going to not, I'm not going to do a lot of content. I'm just, so I didn't post anywhere. I just, it just wasn't my thing at this point. I've just been going through things that I didn't expect. It's, it's spiritual warfare is so interesting, right? Because you never see it coming. And when it hits you, you're like, whoa. And so just having to work through a lot of things, like having family stuff and then just like work things that I'm like, just wasn't ready for. And, and just, uh, just had to deal with a lot. Got to see my therapist twice last week. Cause I was like, I'm doing well. <laughs> and yeah, I am a great big proponent of therapy, especially like if like with my background, definitely a big proponent of therapy, but it was just one of those weeks where not that I ever was like, God, what are you doing? I literally was like, wow, God, like I'm really walking in obedience. And I wasn't even going to talk about spiritual warfare, but here we go. Um, but when you're, when you're walking in the light and love of where God has you, right. And you're like actually following after his call, watch as things begin to attack you. Watch as people begin to question, like, is that actually God? I had that asked to me like three or four times last week. Like, are you sure that you're actually obeying God? And I'm like, yes. And, and one of those big things about that is inside of you, you start to think like, am I obeying God? Is this really your will for my life? And I've realized something that I've always thought of guarding my heart from like sin and like outward things, right? But sometimes you even have to guard your heart from the opinions of your friends and your close family. Like there's just moments where maybe they're not doing great. So they're going to begin to question you because they're not doing okay. And it has nothing to do with if you're allowing God in to follow his voice, right? Because one of my questions to them wasn't like, it's not like this like accusatory tone of like, how could you, how dare you ask me if I know God's voice, like what he's leading me to do. It was just, why do you feel that way? And every single one of them had the same answer of, I'm just not doing good. So I just, I'm just questioning and I'm okay with that. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but it's wild when spiritual attacks come from the places you never saw it coming from. Right. And so for me, th this season of life has looked very, very different. I've, well, everybody knows I moved cross country because God called me to move cross country. But also it was this thing of just walking in the obedience of where God has called me to go and without a plan. They're, they're like, God wasn't like, Gabriella, move across the country and this will be waiting for you. He was like, no, just go. Go and rest. And I was like, okay, all right, I'm good with that. But even in the midst of the rest, um, I've had a couple weeks ago where God was just, we, I was in the prayer room and I was praying. And I, my spirit, my heart is a heart of justice. I love working with young people. I literally just, that's like my biggest heart. If I could just help young people literally all day, every day, they could come into my office and tell me their problems and I just help them work through it. That'd be the greatest, the greatest gift I could ever have. But I just love getting to know them and help them find identity and know just how loved they are by the father. That is the greatest reward God has ever given me. So I'm talking to God in the back of our prayer room and I'm like, what's up? Like, what do you want me to do? And I've been seeing all these news stories about like 
adoption and foster care kids just going through horrendous abuse and things like that. And I'm adopted, so my heart has always been in that circle, right? Like it's something that I was just ingrained and born with. And whenever even I work with young people that have gone through foster care or adoption, I I feel like I have a level of empathy and understanding that a lot of people don't. And a lot of them, what I've realized is like gravitate towards me because I understand their circumstances. I understand what they've walked through. And and really, I understand what the enemy attacks them with. And so I just, those are like big weights in my life that I've been like, God, like, what am I going to do? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? I just want to obey you. And in the midst of all of that, like the, I'm in the room just telling God I'm, I'm going to obey him. And he goes, I want you, I want you to go to law school. And I'm like, I, I just have to say this. I always have said, I never want to go back to school. Like I am one of those people. Yes, I'm very intelligent, but I'm like, I hate school. I hate learning at people's pace. I hate having to write papers. I hate all of it. And for me, like growing up, I was in private school and my dad was our superintendent and he changed us to his curriculum where literally you had to verbally write down every single answer. So what I mean by that is like, if you're in math class, you should be able to write a page paper on why one plus one is two. And so that is the type of learning that I've been in, where I have to explain all of the process of how I got here and explain why this is fact and why this works. And so for me, I'm like, I'm done with school. Like when I graduated college, I have a CS degree. I was like, I'm done, done with computer science. Like I'm done, God, I I did that, put it away, went to ministry, obeyed. So for him to call me back to school, I was like, you hate. <laughs> That's just how it felt. It's like, God, God hates me. <laughs> but no, uh, and he's like, well, you just, I want you to go back to law school and I want you I want you to begin to, I can't believe I just like lost my train of thought, but I want you to go into family law and I want you to fight for my children that aren't fought for. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, like I can totally make that happen. Like go back to school. But even in my mind as I'm like, okay, I can make that happen. I'm like, financially, how am I going to make that happen? Like law school is expensive. I was like, I'm going to have to marry rich really fast. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm i like, okay, God, like I'll obey. And then he's like, and I, after you're done, I want you to start a nonprofit. And I'm like, okay, all right. And and as he's like just telling me what to do next, I'm my brain instantly goes to, well, how is this going to happen? How are you going to make this happen financially? How is this going to work? And what's going to happen here? And how do, how do you even do this? And, but God, God has been so faithful to me as I've walked this out. He's And like, what's so funny about God when he tells me stuff, he's always like, just wait to tell anybody. I think a lot of us, our first move when God tells us something is not to begin to sow the field per se, you know, like start moving on it, but to tell everybody like God told me this. Right. And so whenever God tells me something big, he's always like, just wait and get these ducks in a row and then begin to tell people. So I'm like, okay, I finally got to that point this last week with my world crumbling, which is so freaking funny that my world's crumbling and literally I've been giving like all this other stuff. But I, I'm i taking all these steps and he's like, okay, it's time to unveil to people like what, what I told you besides just like your close inner circle. 
And so I began this process of telling a couple of people, like, this is where God has me. And the amount of support that I've seen is actually insane. And I got into this insane program that I just didn't even think I could get into that I was like, oh, whoa, okay. And just beginning the process and I had a conversation with somebody, just randomly met this person and she goes to our church. She she instantly goes, why don't you tell me about what God is doing in your life? Like where God's taking you? I was like, whoa, okay. So I start explaining this whole entire process that I just talked about. Instantly she goes, I know somebody that's in family law. Let me talk to them this week and we'll see if we can get you connected and you can like you can be like an intern or something like that for them. And I'm like, okay, yesterday. Yeah, they would love to do that. Just like, I'll send you all their information. They can't wait to to meet you. Like that position's totally open for you. I was like, whoa, like this is all happening so fast. Um, got connected with this crazy law school. Um, and I'm like, hey. And it was totally Holy Spirit because I knew like there's some steps I have to take before I can go into law school. I know it's going to take me a little bit of time. So I'm like, hey, I just... This is the interest that I have right now. This is like the steps that I'm taking. I just want to get information from your school. The school contacts me back and just begins to explain to me that as affirmative action has gone, they're trying their best to make sure diversity is uplifted inside of their school and inside of their values. And so me being an African-American woman, and if you kind of know stats about lawyers, It's about, they say, I think it's about 3% of lawyers are black women, which is crazy. I think it's less than, it might actually be less than that. But so I'm like, okay, like, and they're talking to me and I'm talking to this counselor and she goes, honestly, Gabriella, if you pass your LSAT, you're in and there's easily a full scholarship for you to come to this school without paying a dime. And I was like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, because I know our diversity numbers right now. And we're definitely, there's no way that it's going to get filled, that that quota is going to hit. And there's been so much money that's been given to the school since affirmative action has gone down to make sure that diversity stays a part of our values, that there's a place for you. And I was like, whoa, God, like literally look at you in the midst of me trying to figure out where am I going to make this how how am I going to make this happen how am I going to even fund this like just thinking through I can't quit my job because I'm making x amount and I'm not making I'm not going to make enough like just doing content like that's just not going to be able to support me and I'm freaking out and God's going no I got it and and what a testament for all of us of like I think a lot of times we look at when God calls us to something we go there's no way that that's going to work out for me like there's too many things that have to get put together But God's going, but I'm the one that's put everything together. I'm the one that created the heavens and the earth. So why can I put not put your situation together? Like every time that God blesses me, like more than just I wake up and my I just breathe. That is a blessing from God, right? But when he gives these blessings that are just this overflow that you never saw coming, it is a level of love that that consumes me where I go, man. I'm so undeserving. Like I'm sitting here thinking about me the whole time and you're sitting there going, I love you. I got it. And you're obeying me. So I got it. And I'm like, okay. And as I've been processing, I'm a big processor. As I've been processing just 
this new shift in life and where God is taking me and even just these other doors that are opening for possible positions that I'm like, how is this even possible that this is happening right now to work for like insane people? I, I've i just been sitting there like, God, one, God is so faithful, but also God loves his children so much. It's not about his just his love for me, but he knows that if I'm walking in complete obedience to him, the children that I'm going to be able to help for him is next level. And I think one of the biggest things that I've realized about loving people well and being a Christian is I don't ever want to have to say the words that I'm a Christian, right? I just want to be able that my actions are known, that I walk into rooms and you can see him exemplified in my life. And when it comes to starting this nonprofit, I want to be able to love children the way that Jesus walked and loved the earth when he was here, right? With the weight of love that Jesus had. And if I can do that, if I can be his hands and feet day to day, that's enough for me. If nobody ever knows my name, that's enough for me. But if I get to teach kids about the love of a father that has nothing to do with what they could ever give. It's nothing about the worth of what they could give me. It's just about me being able to love them. That's enough. And a lot of people have, I've had a lot of questions about like, okay, Gabrielle, like you walk in such a level of what people would consider radical obedience to God. And to me, it's not radical. I think what it really is, is it's simple. I started out with the process of, okay, God, I'm going to get out of my bed and I'm going to pray. And that prayer turned from five-minute prayers to 30-minute prayers to hour-long prayers to me in deep intercession in my carpet for a generation that I may not ever see. And in that simple obedience to stay steadfast in prayer, to stay steadfast in my word has shifted my life from I think it's all about me to actually I can't wait to show you how much he loves you. I want more people to understand that simple obedience shifts lives. That your simple obedience is a lot deeper than you even know. There's a lot of moments where I've been like, I don't really want to go pray for that person. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, go pray for them. And I walk over and I pray for them. And then I see them like a year or two later. And they're like, do you remember when you prayed for me about this? And I'm like, no. And they're like, that changed my life. Simple obedience changes lives. And One of the biggest things I think that I've realized about simple obedience is that it's not about the big picture. It's just about the simple faithfulness that I have. I I am like hands down a super emotional person. I know everybody's weird about the Enneagram right now, but I just want to explain it in this way because it's the only way that I can explain this, right? I'm an Enneagram four with a wing five. And if you know Enneagrams, you know a four is highly creative and emotional. And you know that a five is super analytical and like logical. So what happens with me inwardly is that I war myself the entire time. Like I am like, I am warring with, do I sit on the side of logic or do I sit on the side of my emotions? Like, I don't know. So every day when I'm keeping my emotions together, I'm like, you have no idea what's going on inside of me. It's like a tornado, right? But I, I'm i just like, that's just how I am. But I say all of that to say this, that every time I go to church and I see 
the older generation, I know a lot of people want to be like, oh, they ruined the church and they're the reason I don't love Jesus. But when I see these elderly people in our churches, and I'm definitely going to cry, but I see them and they're worshiping God with like their hands raised. And a lot of them have like told me like it hurts, like, but I'll still raise my hands or I'll still be here. And, but I, I listen to their stories of their faithfulness to God and their prayers for their families. And like, just hearing like stories of I've been praying for my kids to return to Jesus for 25 years. And then it finally happens and they're like 80 years old, but like hearing their faithfulness to the father stirs my faith inside of my heart. Cause I'm sitting here in my twenties and I'm going, how do people do this? <laughs> like I'm tired, I'm worn down. And I'm watching these 80 year olds just sitting in our services and they're worshiping and they're crying with the same love for the Father that they've had from the moment that they got saved. And I'm going, I don't know how they're doing it. But that faithfulness, that faithfulness has shifted my heart for people. I'm like, man, God, I hope you find me faithful in the simple moments when my world is falling apart. Will you find me faithful there? Even if my faithfulness is that I got out of my bed, and I sat on my floor and I talked to you for five minutes. Would you find me faithful in that moment? I, I think I look at life very differently after being able to have these deep, meaningful conversations with these people. Because I've always just looked at life as like, this moment, it's never going to end. And I'm like, now I'm like in my 20s. I remember when I was in high school and I was like, this is never going to end. This is so terrible. And now I look back at it. I'm like, why did I say that was so terrible? Like, I don't get it. But I'm realizing that like, actually, there is so much more that while I think like, oh my gosh, it's going to be years of me doing this work to become this lawyer to help kids, right? God's going, actually, that's just a blip in time and the longevity of relationship with me. And if you're somebody that's like, God's called me to this, but it's going to take so much time, just be faithful. Just be simply obedient in this moment. Because that's what it's actually about. Yes, what you're doing, your call is amazing, but it's the simplicity of obedience and faithfulness that's going to progress you into the life where you're sitting there and a generation comes to you and goes, thank you for your faithfulness tell me stories about how God was your rock and foundation when everything was falling apart. And it starts now. It's not, let's wait a little bit longer to get it together. Let's, we'll figure out faithfulness and obedience in a little bit more time. No, it has to be your foundation. He's too good to just wait on us. He's too good for us to just be like, okay, God, I'm finally ready. Like, you're just, you're, it's not that you're disappointing him, it's that you're disappointing yourself when you really look at it. Like, oh, man, I could have just been so faithful in this moment. I could have been so faithful just reading a chapter a day or praying for that person again, even though I was tired. Would you step outside of yourself? To be the love and light of who he is. That's all I got. I don't have much, you know? Just another week, no more tears. 
but I'll be back next week. I promise. I hope you guys have a good one.